Oh, hey there, traveler. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. Uh, hope the weather's treating you all right out there. Seems like we're about to start a fresh new year. Why don't you go ahead and take a seat for that fire and get that chill off you. Ah, greetings there, travelers. Welcome. I see you're in the mood to start the new story. Heard that little tale of Opus and you're like, oh, that seems interesting. Let's see what this Reforged has to offer. Well, let me tell you this, travelers. That Bardic group Reforged has much to offer. I highly recommend going to check them out at reforgedstaff.com. Oh, before I forget, travelers, there's also another Bardic group I wish for you to check out. They're called West Ends and Wagons, and if you're in that mood for that high noon shootout with that sweet sword action, maybe even a little bit of Dragonborn Shatters, then I highly recommend you check out this wonderful Western D&D RPG podcast. It, it's just what they call some of these bardic groups these days. It's, it's just how it is. But yes, please check them out at anchor.fm slash metaphorical dash walrus. Now you're thinking, but that's not Westerns and Wagons, and I'm saying, yes, but that's the company, the Bardic Touring Group. Anywho, I'll quickly get through all this jazz today. So today, let's see, boop-a-doo, no fan mail, no, no harassment, no lawsuits. Oh, we do have two new people from Battle Bards. As you know, we had a little bit of a mishap, and two of the Battle Bard people did indeed kill slash murder each other. But that's okay, we got two fresh new faces. They're a little scared after I told them this story about, oh, 30 seconds ago. But hey, you know, they're fine. It's fine. So, here we have Innocent Timothy. Hi. And this one over here is... Murderous Anthony. Really? Murderous Anthony? I, I'm sorry, travelers. I will ensure I keep an eye on this one. I don't trust him. He's, he's a wily one. You're not even going to introduce yourself to everyone? No, you're just going to sit there? Whatever. Okay. Anywho, travelers, yes, this is an exciting tale. We are bringing in our guests to traverse the strange outdoors, and you know how Death Shift is traveling outdoors. They, well, the first time they really had no shoes and it didn't go too well, and they stole a bunch of stuff from goblins, but I'm sure this time will go so much better. What's the worst that could happen traveling outside, am I right? So, without further ado, I give you the Ballad of the Chosen Fuse, Off to War. Part one. Hi, I'm Robert. I'm playing MZ, fourth level Githyanki Ranger. Hey, my name is Humberto, and I play Borden, level four Dwarven Cleric. Hi, my name is Brett. I am playing Kelsar, level four Tiefling Paladin. This is Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the 4th level Half-Elf Bard. Where we last left off, you all had some crazy mishaps. You had uh, a fun time on a boat that you learned a curse of, and then you got angry that curses were just thrown around willy-nilly. There was a giant flash of a person that blinded all of you for a while. You found information about Ronnie's daughter. You found out Ronnie had a daughter. You had a long discussion about Ronnie having a daughter. Then you came back. You all hit the hay and Bordon had one hell of a trippy dream where he met his god. But today's episode is a little different because we have our first in-game guest that's not on a mini-sode, Austin from the Reforged Podcast. Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So where we're going to start off, we're just going to kind of 
hop on over to you guys waking up in Sanctuary, and then we're going to drag you over, and you'll meet up with Opus right away. Just one thing, we, we also discovered like that there was a bunch of portals. Like, there was like a very strong, you know, presence. Yeah, basically, like, that place was a hot spot. Used, yeah. yeah, inside of the ship or boat. I think it was a ship. You all wake up, and Bordon has just finished telling you about this. And just as you're all starting to get your gear ready and get ready to head out for breakfast, the door opens up and to the sleeping quarters. And Noir's there. She says, Kelsar, uh, yeah, hey, could you just come with me real quick? There's something. He's going to meet up with the rest of you guys. Oh, yeah. Sure, Noir. No problem. Uh, so Kelsar heads out and looking a little confused and staring back at you guys and says, All right. I'll see you all soon. Be safe. So then he heads off with Noir down the hall. It's just you three. You're all dressed and ready to go. And you were told that in the morning you were going to meet Elwyn after you were done eating breakfast. Then let's, uh, let's eat and uh, go meet up. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty hungry. Like this whole night and like this crazy dream that I had. It got me super hungry. It really drained me. Is there anything you guys want to do before you see Elwyn, aside from eat? Eat more. Mm. Okay, double help it. I just make sure that my gear is clean, and I obviously have all my gear, like all my supplies and everything that I've bought, and yeah. just keep make sure everything's organized and, you know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you guys will also have your packs that'll have like bed roll, water skin, all that kind of jazz. I'll just like throw a quick a quick prayer as well, just to try to see how the day is going to be. You know, try to not it's not foresee. You know, try to. I forgot the name of it. Are you trying to do like an augury? Yeah, but like in the sense of uh, just asking. I don't want to use like a spell for that. Oh, you just want a freebie. Yeah, no, it's not a freebie. I mean, I'm just saying like I'll throw a quick prayer and ask God, yeah, please, my day don't be shit. You know, okay. don't be a shitty day. That that's pretty much all right. All it is. How does he see? How does uh, Bordon see the replies to these prayers? Is it in a set way? Oh, okay, yeah. He doesn't ever. Um really hear from his god like that was the first time he ever talked to his god he's had signs before Mm -hmm. like when he was about to be executed he saw this warm glow of light go around him and he felt warmed up whereas before he was really cold and uncomfortable and he felt okay and at peace there's been other i think we had another time where he's just felt more assured of a situation but you don't feel anything when you say a prayer this time well, wait, wait, Lucas, while he's praying, I want to start writing cloud message. <laughs> so you got to poke <laughs> your head out the window and start. <laughs> and I'm going to write a message that says, this is God, bored on your ass. <laughs> How big is that message? Uh, however How, So you just have this have giant, write it, giant message in the possible. sky for an hour. <laughs> you're yeah, you're exactly. really using one, one magic slot for that. What level of spell is that? Yeah. Kudos to you. Okay, just go ahead. Level of spell, uh, two. Oh, love it that you're using up a second level yeah. spell right now. Okay, so yeah. uh, while you're praying, <laughs> Ronnie sees that you're praying board on, and you don't really notice, right? You you got your head down, mm-hmm. you're you're doing your thing, and he quickly races over to the window and looks outside, and I I don't know what kind of instrument you would play to write in the sky. <laughs> Slide whistle? I don't know. <laughs> so <we'll>... like. <laughs> And then uh, you see, uh, well, you don't see in particular, but everyone else in Sanctuary sees, written in common, <laughs> board on, this is God, you're an ass, I think it was. Uh, yeah, perfect. Right. And so that is now in the sky for an hour. Jesus. Okay, so I look outside, like I look, you know, out the window and I think, why the hell God would use Comic Sans anyway? <laughs> That that's what, that's what yeah. I think. Your librarian god is using common sense. 
this happens, and you hear a few people go like, what? What's going on? As they're outside, like, in the garden area that's in the center of this place. And you go, and you, you quickly have breakfast, and you have breakfast again. Then you finally are all ready, and you go out to the garden area of this building, where you're going to meet Elwyn. So you just sort of go around the loop, you're walking through the hallways, and there's a door that enters the inside. Because remember when I described this building, it was a circle? And the inside of the circle was hollowed out. And there's a few storage facilities in here, like a large shacks. And in the center of this area, there's a fountain, a few trees, it's all grass, and there's a few benches. And sitting on one of the benches is Elwyn, and he's sitting there, this large Rakasha. He has a pair of reading glasses on his nose as he's going over a few papers, and he looks up. Ah, you've made it. Uh, Kelsar won't be joining us. He'll be meeting you later. Do not worry about it. Are you ready? This is the same guy that I asked to get those stones from, yep. right? I asked him uh, if he knows when they would be ready. Uh. And he starts patting down his pockets and everything, and he pulls out this small silk bag, and he hands it to you. There are four stones in there. If you have these on your person, you should be fine from most lower-level detection. Wait. Are those like the walkie-talkie stones? No, they're a lot smaller. No, I got us anti-scrying stones. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'll I'll take them out of the bag, and I'll give one to Ronnie, and I'll give one to Borodon, mm-hmm. and I will stress that they need to hold on to these stones and do not lose them. Like, it, your life depends on it. Your life could okay. depend on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's odd. But sure, I mean, our lives are usually being threatened all the time, but I really hope this stone will help. I mean, I'm not mocking, you know, I'm a religious person, but we have been in trouble so many times already. Is it just like a plain-ass stone, or is it like a fancy jewel? So you stone? look down at it, it's a clear blue stone. It, to us, like in this modern day society, it would look like something that you could get at like a craft store or something. But to you guys, it looks like a, like a strange clear blue stone. And it, you can see kind of a little bit of energy swirling inside of it, but it's very faint. It seems to be a very minor item. Ronnie's going to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead certain. All right. So, make one a ring. Oh yeah, you can get a real big ring. So Elvin stands up from the bench and he brushes himself off and he moves over onto the grass. All right, I'm gonna open this up, and you'll be just outside of New Dawn. That's where the Valkyries chosen and the Hunters stay. It's about a day's trip from Sanctuary. They're going to give you your mission there. You'll be talking to. The chief of the hunters, Doomsayer. You'll recognize him, he's a large orc with some mechanical pieces built into him. What is mechanical? Mm, think of like a construct, a golem. Oh, okay. And you'll be meeting your contact, Opus, who'll be traveling with you and helping you find this caravan. So... He puts his hands together, and you see him concentrating, and then he opens them up, and this blast of energy comes from him, and this portal opens, swirling quickly. And through the portal, you can actually see these large stone walls and a gate. And it looks like it opens up onto a road. Okay, so I go through the portal. All right. So I imagine all of you do, or else this is gonna. No, I'm waiting. No, no, I'm waiting for Bordon to tell me it's safe. (laughs) So you see Bordon go through, and uh, he goes on, and he seems okay. He makes it to the other side, and he's looking at you. That, or it's an illusion, and he just died. Oh, I can't. I'll step through as well. Okay, MZ, you're very used to portals because that's how your people get around from the astral plane. Yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of gateways. And Ronnie. Sticking a finger in, 
seeing if it blows up. It does um, not. Once it doesn't, I'll step through. Yeah. So as Ronnie steps through, it blows up. No, <laughs> <laughs> so Ronnie steps through, and the gate quickly closes behind a little faster than it should have. But you see there's a little bit of crackling energy around Ronnie. And uh, so you guys make it through there. And standing in front of the gate, you see this large half-orc. And he has this dark set of like black leathers on him. And when he turns towards you, he has this metal plate on the side of his head. And one of his eyes is this glowing red orb. And one of his arms is completely mechanical, as well as one of his legs, the opposite one. And you see there are bits and pieces of him that have just been turned into machine where there should be flesh. And standing beside him is another person. Why don't you go ahead and describe Opus? All right. So Opus is about mid-20s, Kalashite human. He's got this dark tan skin and amber eyes. Um, Probably the thing you notice most about him is he's bundled up to a significant degree with a... uh, kind of a heavy set of leathers uh, a heavy cloak going down his right side obscuring his right arm and has a uh, big heavy maul uh, set on his left uh, hip so how hot is there it is late summer so there's still a fair amount Uh, of heat but um i guess you guys wouldn't know you're not from the realms uh, I want you guys to go ahead and describe how your characters are looking now, because it's been a bit. You guys have all got like changes of clothes. I imagine you've messed around with them. So, what do each of you look like? Do I have my uh, hat and cape, or are we saying? No? Yeah, yeah, you can have that. I wish we have a cape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, sir. From the top, I'm wearing a uh, witch's hat. Uh, for I... absolutely no reason. Paid <laughs> <laughs> for it. Uh, I have really leathery skin. Uh, a real, I guess, now hidden pompadour. Um, I'm wearing a child-sized Dracula cape. <laughs> over top I, of I, want, I want so much, like, that your hat... Is like really on top of your pompadour. You know, it not kind of is. Like like it's, it's a little bit floating. Kind of. Kind of <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, what else am I even wearing? Uh, well, I remember you told me that you still have uh, your sequin gloves. Oh, I still my sequin gloves, yeah. Your necklace? <sighs> that has the, the oh, right. symbol <laughs> on it? Right. No, no, I, I gave that away. Yeah, oh, I got a, different, got a different necklace. No, he has the magic one now. Okay. Um, I think I'm wearing a ring, too, that I stole off that dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's probably enough. And then whatever armor I was wearing. Okay. Was just leather. I think yeah. it's studded leather. We'll go to Bordon. Bordon is wearing, like, a scale mail and a shield. And uh, I... Like in a warhammer, like a, a one-hand warhammer. It's a uh, he, he has like a li- his hair is longish. It's not like it's not actually long, but yeah, like like shoulder it's length? not trimmed. And uh, his beard is also like his eyes are black. His hair is black with you know like that grayish thing because he's getting older. Like his his beard as well. It's like pretty dark with some like silvers here and there. The most like he has like a brownish skin. Both of his arms is like pure gold. You know, so it's basically the most um I don't know, like distinctive thing about him. Like that you'll see right away. Mm-hmm. It's, it basically it glows. You know when the sun actually actually is reflected on his arms, like his golden arms, and uh, he has like the holy symbol of Dumathoin, like uh, around his neck, and uh, he also has a, a, a ring, a, a fam- family signet ring. So it, like he seems to be a regular dwarf, like uh, if you don't count, you know, like his golden arms. Uh, so MZ is fairly tall, but not 
crazy tall. He has uh, sort of like a medium length, dark black hair that's sort of messy and unkept. He is sort of thin, but muscular at the same time. Very athletic look. Sort of, I guess, uh, has a gaunt look to him. Greenish, yellowish skin. Um, brown, hazel eyes. And... Uh, his fingernails are dark and a little bit longer than the average person. Um, he is wearing uh, studded leather armor that's been fairly well used. He has no visible weapons on him. Like, I don't carry any swords or anything like that on me. All right, so you guys hop through this portal. It pops behind you, partially due to Ronnie. And you see these two people in front of you. This half-orc steps forward. Welcome, Death Shift. I see you're a member short. He rifles around in his pocket really quickly. He'll be joining you soon. I need you to hold on to this. And you see it's a little cross. This will help us pinpoint your location, and we'll be able to send him to you later. And he just hands it to Bordon because Bordon won't lose it. <laughs> it's just like a little copper cross. This here is Opus. Opus, this is three quarters of Death Shift. They'll be the ones assisting you out in the field today. Oh, my pleasure, Death Shift. It's uh, good to meet you, finally. It's a pleasure. Aren't you feeling, like, hot? Like you're so bundled up. <laughs> well, I am from the desert. I'm used oh, to this. Gotcha. Heat doesn't come in. Heat doesn't... goes out, I guess. Uh, exactly. If you can keep it off your neck, you're good to go. Mm. I'm from the mountains, so there is usually, like... I don't know... coldish, I guess? I know. Uh, we usually bundle up as well, so... Well, let's go on in. We'll get to one of the command centers, and I'll be able to lay out what's happening. While we're on our way, I'll fill you in a little bit. Just wanted to say that I'll keep looking at his mechanical parts. Yeah, you see they're very fluid while he's walking. Yeah, it's just because like I have like the like stone cunning, and I was trying to understand if that thing was actually made out of stone, because. Um, Elwin said uh, it was some sort of like a construct, you know, like a golem. And I was all like, hmm, is it? You know, so I'm just trying to spot, you know, like the similarities and checking the differences. Yeah, it's not a metal that you've seen before. That's for sure. Armored sentries line these walls. You see a number of them marching back and forth going around it. And the gate stands open while guards stand on either side of it, welcoming you in. When you come into this town, you see a great many newly constructed buildings. A number of armor people are, are training in formation in open areas, and you can see buildings that are meant to be blacksmiths, armorsmiths, barracks, and even a few residential. Many different races are housed in this area, and from what you can see, the majority of this town is a military town made up of the Valkyries Chosen. You come across this very large building, and it seems to be somewhat in the center of this town. And there's these large double doors that they look like they'd be a little bit difficult to use, but Doomsayer opens them up absolutely. And as you walk in there, you see people are running across. Some have papers, some are talking to each other. There's a number of desks laid out. It looks like it's like a hectic office. And he leads you past a number of these places until you walk into a room. In this room, there's a table with a small map set up and a number of little figures placed on it. You can see there is a little city marker for Sanctuary on the coast. A little bit away from it, there's a smaller one for New Dawn. And you see to the north, there is what looks to be a couple of wagons. All right, so thanks to the intel provided by Opus, we have found out that these here caravans that we're hunting have the map that will lead us to Arkham, the last stronghold that Dorum holds. If we can take this down, 
We cripple her forces entirely, and then she's at our mercy. We can finally get this war finished. Unfortunately, these caravans have a bad habit of teleporting around. It makes it very difficult to find them. But, thanks to our new intel, we know exactly the route that they're taking. And he shows you this path. It's leading up north. It's taking a couple main roads, and then it goes and veers off a bit into the woods, and then comes up somewhat meeting another road. You'll be traveling through here. About six days from here, you're going to come across a small town where you could try to restock on supplies, maybe gather a little bit of intel because the caravan should have passed through there. And then another three or four days, you should come across the caravan itself. It'll be heavily guarded, but you need to get there and you need to get the map. If too many of them are alerted, if you bungle this up, they'll probably try to destroy the map. So just be careful. Another thing to note is we'll be giving you horses, but you probably don't want to take these horses too close to the caravan. About a day away from the caravan, you'll meet up with Gaia and Noir, and they'll be able to assist you further. Any questions? Would you have like a smaller horse? I'm not very good with horses. We have a horse for you. Thank you. So, what what is your R made of? That's my question. I mean, I know it's completely unrelated, but I don't know. It's mesmerizing. He looks down at it, and he kind of looks at it a little uh, dispassionately. Like, it's it's just there, like you would look at a chair. And he moves it around a little. This arm was forced upon me when my people were captured. They never told me what it was made out of. I was just uh, a test. I'm sorry to hear that. I'll... Uh... Turn to Opus and ask him how he came across this intel. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll turn back to MZ. It's no secret that I used to work for Matthews. Um, last surviving member of the Tempest's Wave, if you've heard of us. No, I haven't. Uh, simply put, mercenaries for hire. The best mercenaries. Well, we were... Why would you choose, like, why would you go along with Matthew? He has been murdering a bunch of people. Well, at first it was a king's ransom. We got paid a lot. But pretty soon we uh, found out that Matthews is a truly terrible person. Turned us against our families at certain points. Expected. Well, welcome to our group. Oh. Thank you. It's it's good to finally meet you. I'm sure I'll have many questions once we get on the road. I don't know if I, we will have all the answers, but we'll try our best to answer them. I appreciate that. Is there any other questions you've had regarding this mission? It's nine days by horse. So actually, what I would like to say is actually like let everyone know that like the worst case scenario of them destroying the map I can try to move time back and just like you know like reconstruct like you know piece the map together no not necessarily like that you know I would roll back time and have the map tacked you see Doomsayer actually looks really surprised at this when you say this I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I should have said that, but I mean, everybody here is extraordinary. I guess so. You're a chronomancer. Yes. I mean, I don't know the extent of my powers, but yes. I'm sure they'll be invaluable. This is perfect. That way, as long as you keep him alive and you keep the remnants of the map, you should be able. To get it back but know that they will have a large amount of people there probably at least 20 25 guards you don't want to take them head on oh for sure not your only backup will be noir and gaia and they won't be heavy combat backup they'll just be able to help you out 
so it's basically like a pie-ish mission. Yes. Basically, get in and get out as fast as we can with the map or the remnants of the map. Yes. Okay. Your horses and packs are all ready for you. Everything is ready for you to go. You leave as soon as you're able. This one will leave. This one will get back. Okay, so are all of you good to go, or is there anything else you'd like to do while you're here? I'm I'm ready to go if everybody else is. Is it the time? What time of day is it? It's early morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're fed and we have our weapons and everything else, right? So I think we're good to go. All right. I'll see you out and good luck. Thank you. So he walks you once more through this big building and takes you through more of the town. You see a couple of large churches, no noticeable holy symbols on them. Probably a a number of different clerics are working in them. And he takes you to the front gates of this town. It's essentially on the opposite side that you entered. You see there are four horses that are waiting for you. Three large and one small one. Did I see like a a Dumatoin, you know, temple or symbol? No? No. So Dumatoin is basically like a dead god in this place, right? He's very popular in dwarven culture, but it's... Yeah, in dwarven culture, yeah. Yeah, but he's not... uh... He's not that big outside of it unless you're in places like uh, grand libraries or things like that. Like Sanctuary has a grand library and it probably would have some small gathering of people of Dumathoin, but he wouldn't be in more public places because the, the general clerics of Dumathoin are more, uh, they're more into gathering knowledge, delving into lore and that kind of stuff, right? They're more like historians. Okay. Rather than, like, preaching about Dumathoin. Right. Okay. So you see these four horses are sitting there waiting for you. All their saddles are all set to go, and the gates swing open. Well, good luck, Death Shift. Opus. Hope to see you soon. You too, Doomsayer. Stay safe. Keep an eye out. I always do. And you see his red eye glow a little bit. Were you playing Doom when you made this NPC? I don't remember what I was doing. Whatever I was doing, though, it had something similar to this. Uh, His backstory is super sci-fi. Mechanical gladiator orc. Basically. So the gates are open, and your horses take off. With you on them, of course. (laughs) Ronnie's running after you. (laughs) So how how does my horse Uh, look like? It looks very muscled it you know it's sleek it's it's going good it looks like uh it's got four legs super <laughs> sexy like, you're, you're actually on a yeah. miniature pony but when you oh, look damn. it's like you know maybe half to three quarters the size of everyone else's horse and it's it's doing its best it can the other horses aren't going as fast and it's it's keeping up so it's, yeah <laughs> okay so i call my horse pumpkin I want all of you to make me... Do they have ride checks in this edition? Uh, handle an animal? Yeah, I guess that'll... Yeah, handle animal will do. Oh yeah, there you go. Eat. <laughs> of course. Alright, so what did everyone else get? 18. 14. I got... Yep, 18. So you three are fine. And you start, you know, riding really well. And you see Ronnie is... His arms are around the horse's neck, and his legs are like up near its chest, and he's holding on for dear life. His eyes are wide. His child cape is just flapping. What did you do with the witch's hat to keep it on? Oh, I assumed it had like a little string. Does it have a string? Oh yeah, probably because it was it was a costume. Yeah. <laughs> so his his like hat is like flapping off, and it keeps like smacking him while he's riding. And, uh, but you guys, you're okay for now, but it's going a little slower because Ronnie is terrified. Can I ride my horse, uh, somewhat closer to his, trying to, um... Push him off his horse. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just trying to, like, guide his horse a little bit. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and roll to assist him. I got a 18. All right, that's actually really good. 
so you ride beside Ronnie, and you're going along like it's, you guys are going at a decent speed. Like, if he fell off, you'd probably get fairly hurt. And you just managed to shove him back onto his horse. And Ronnie, you're sitting a little more comfortably now. Your hat isn't hitting you so much, but it's it's still not great. It kind of like boosts you up to a 10, more or less. I would like to say that Bordon is actually quite impressed with his animal handling skills, because I mean, I used to go by horse from one point to another, but it was usually, you know, some like some other people like his servants so it was basically like he knew how to ride but he wasn't necessarily good at it you know so yeah i'm, I'm just impressed with my ability you're like humble bragging to yourself yeah exactly like oh i'm good at this <laughs> i should do this more often <laughs> so you guys are riding along and things are going good and uh, now that you have ronnie a little more situated and Bordon's done humble bragging. <laughs> <laughs> no, just to myself, you know, but I was impressed. Yeah, so you guys are going down this main merchant road, and every so often you pass by some people. Maybe you'll see uh, some merchants going down or farmers bringing in, like, uh, produce and all that kind of stuff. And you don't really see any guards. It, it seems like it's very unprotected, but at the same time, you haven't really run into anything dangerous. So I'll just ask Opus... So, are, are these roads, I don't know, like, are they safe? Because we, like, we're seeing people without actually guards. Oh, I actually might have to ask Lucas about this. Like, <laughs> uh, the, they're fairly safe. I mean, they have patrols that go by every now and then, but uh, when it's closer to the city, generally monsters avoid it. Okay. And so, they teleported out here, right? Are we, how close are we to, um... I guess I'm looking at a fair room map, I guess. Oh, uh, so Sanctuary is not on that map since it's a, a homebrew. But. Right. So you're going up that main road that's near Candlekeep. So, like, you're gonna go and, like, you're going past, uh, like, you're past Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay. So you guys are traveling along, and uh, these roads are fairly safe because the a lot of people ride them, and they're near some larger cities, so. Not a lot of creatures try to frequent them because too often maybe a local patrol of knights will come through and just slay everything. So just for things to stay alive, they keep away from these main merchant roads. Yes, maybe for a long time they had hired Tempest's Wave to look after some of these roads. Create a little bit of a legacy. Yeah, it very much could have. So as you're riding along, the sun starts getting low and the horses need to rest again. You guys have probably rested a few times just because horses aren't really meant for going these crazy long distances. They need breaks. You get to about a point that you've made some good distance on the first day and setting up camp. So how does this routine go for you guys when you're setting up camp and getting everything going? Who does what? Do we have our own tents of some sort or are we... Yeah, uh, that's up to you guys. If you requested a small tent, then yeah, you can have a, a small tent. Or if you just wanted a bedroll, you can have that as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have like a tent. Because like I'm usually like small enough to like the, the tent that's like a regular tent for a human. To me, it's a lot larger. So I usually request a tent and a bedroll, of course. Okay. I'm royalty. Uh, and what about you other three? I, I just have a bedroll. Okay. Oh, I'm going to sleep under the stars. Yeah, probably the same. So maybe I'd help Borodon set up his equipment if you would like help. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And what does Ronnie sleep in? Uh, <laughs> tent <laughs> and bedroll. In a hotel. <laughs> yeah. <It's like> an <laughs> affordable hotel. <laughs> <laughs> just put a cloth over my horse and sleep on the <laughs> okay so you guys set up your tents and like you get a, a small fire going because you don't need a really big one because it's not that cold uh, the temperature dips down a little bit and all of you are sitting around the fire and you're just eating some rations that you've been supplied with you guys have enough food to get you there and back but just enough is there anything like that like resembles uh like a carrot because i would like to feed my horse uh you would have horse feed 
uh, you have, but no... Oh, but, I mean, it's more of like a treat. Yeah, you, you weren't given any treats for the horses. I really, I'm really enjoying this horse. Unless I fall from it tomorrow, Whoa. then I'll hate it. But right now, he's like, I don't know, way better than Ronnie, you know? It's like, I don't know, maybe third best person in this party. Jesus. So as we're sitting around the fire and, you know, we're eating, talking, just sort of as the time goes by, I'll ask Opus uh, how long he's known Matthews for and if he's always known him to be um, sort of this uh, old man, even though that's not what he is, you know? I've known Matthews for a few years, but, I mean, originally it was just, he gives us the contacts and we go out and do the dirty work, so, no, I didn't know him before the person he is now. Did he change? Because, I mean, you would still do, like, a very, I don't know, like, shady job, right? Because he got worse? Is that what you're saying? Is he, like, more violent or something like that? Sorry, I meant, um, like, the, the form that he takes. Oh. The, like, I, I know that's not what he is, oh. judging by just how he he fights and what, he, what he's done to us and everything, you know? Like, he's... There's no way that he's obviously an old man, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's just, like, men in black, you know, the cockroach and the, oh, the guy's yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely something odd about that. About that one. I heard rumors that you four, well, Kalsar included, had run into him before. Mm -hmm. And, like, an entire city suffered for it. But you escaped. Yes, but the city got destroyed. We basically murdered an entire city. Like, it wasn't us, but... It was our actions, right? So we're basically, you know, responsible for those deaths. I, I can sympathize with you. When I went toe to toe with Matthews, it uh, I lost my entire, uh, all my friends as well. Sorry to hear that. The same thing happened to me. Um, I went toe to toe with him, and he killed me, killed my friends. Yeah, that, that's that's a good thing that we should talk about. Can like, did you die as well before you, you got here, or were you born in this world? Oh, Opus, you also don't know the fact that they all died. Like that's that's like someone just telling you, "Yeah, yeah, we died," and like you know, and then we. Uh, he just mentioned it, right? So, uh, yeah, I think it'd be fun to know. So, like. I guess Opus's eyes sparkle in a figurative and literal way, um, kind of like a like an animal's eyes or a cat's eyes when you kind of like mention this. I say, oh, so that's where you get the name Death Shift. You've all died before. Yes. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, that's exactly where we got our name from because we died. It wasn't funny. It was like not good. You died to Matthews, MZ? Yep. Board on you too? No, no. Mine was Dorum. You, you saw Dorum yeah. herself? Dorum killed me. Yes. I mean, at least one form of her. I think it was her. I don't know if, I don't know if, he, if she's a shapeshifter as well. Not to anyone's knowledge. Yeah. I mean, but they're strong enough to maybe possess this sort of yeah. ability, right? They're extremely powerful beings. Keep hearing this name, Dorum, but never met her. Only Matthews. Yeah. Y you were lucky. She got the entire kingdom against me. Fuck. Sorry. But damn you. She destroyed my reputation and then she destroyed my kingdom. Basically all my subjects. She poisoned my father. She killed my. She made my brother go against me. Like it was basically like a constant paranoia in the kingdom. 
she planted a bunch of evidences like about stuff that I was cohorting against against the king it was unreal it was the most the most hurtful situation I have ever been through in my life it's not just because I died it's not because I, I just got executed in front of all my subjects it's not just because while the blade was sliding down the guillotine I, I saw skeletons you know ramming the doors and like starting to kill everybody that was bad but seeing the eyes my brother's eyes you know looking at me and thinking that I was a traitor that was that was the worst to me yeah that's a little bit of boredom I tried to laugh sometimes but this is basically part of my story part of my end I'm sorry to hear that that's fine I'm not sure what is more evil the creatures that Dorum and Matthews create or the mind games they play with us yeah it's insane like they're they extremely powerful uh, of, I'm a man of faith of course but sometimes I mean I don't doubt that we'll be able to stop them not necessarily like stop them but halt their the ritual but they're extremely powerful I, I can't understand why they just don't come after us and kill us they're can't understand that something doesn't sound right well if they're not gonna go after us then we have to go after them right yes but I'm glad we have this this similar goal as for your earlier question MZ I've been in this land my entire life born in the desert raised and joined a Tempest's wave and um, if you die, you can join Death Shift. That's, that's all. That's all you have to do, huh? That's all you have to do. <laughs> I've I've just heard rumors, but is it true that Death Shift has this like symbol on their hands? Yes. Don't you? So I, I show him, like my hand. You know, so like the tentacles, they are sort of like swirling. You see on all their hands. Yeah. You see the the circular center and the three tentacles that are coming off it two going one way one going the other and on all of their left hand it looks like it's slightly moving like it's like seeing something underneath water it's just slightly drifting yeah i'll reach out with my left hand too but like mine's just uh kind of calloused from time in the desert and i don't have that at all interesting <laughs> <laughs> like i said maybe if you die maybe you'll get this gift so I made like a, a quote, you know, like a, you know, air quotes. So you just, you got this? Did you have to like, I mean, make a deal or, or anything of the sort? Well, the deal is basically saving this, like getting strong, like to get stronger, we would have to save this realm, which is basically like this planet and our planet as well like it seems like the whole reality is being threatened by Dorum and Matthews right well which is insane then I will do everything in my power to help you take Dorum down and Matthews as well thank you we should get some rest though we have a long day ahead of us yeah that's for sure go ahead and get some sleep I'll take the first shift thank you so you guys go ahead and you go through your watches and while you're on this merchant road it's it's fairly safe this is a really well-traveled road there's a lot of large cities that are connected to it so the cities make sure that this road in particular is well kept and finally after you've been traveling for maybe a day or two more you're getting used to riding horseback it's sore you're very sore it's like getting used to riding a bike again but you just deal with it and you actually see armed escorts every now and then coming through and they'll just like give you the curt nod as you do and carry onwards 
but you guys are going through this area and the trees are starting to pick up a little bit more. There's starting to get a little more heavier wooded. Whereas before when you were going, it was these large open plains and it was very nice. The wind was coming through, it was very soothing. Now you're going into these more wooded areas and every so often you think maybe you see a creature, maybe you see an animal that quickly runs away. The road starts branching. Looking on the map, you see that you're going down the less traveled one. But you also see, according to how you're going, it almost seems like you're moving a little bit faster, but you're maybe half a day's journey away from a town. So I need everyone to make me perception checks. I got a nine. Oh, big five. I don't think Ronnie's <laughs> ever made a perception check. It's all these fucking wisdom ones, dude. Let me talk to... Something. I did for like two adventures. <laughs> oh, I got 15. Seven. All right, so oh I God. guess I'm just talking to Bordon. <laughs> <laughs> so Bordon, you pick it up off the wind. It starts to hit you. You smell the smell of smoke, and that makes you look up. You're like, what's going on? And you can see far in the distance, there's pillars of gray smoke coming up in the distance. That kind of smoke that's like the aftermath kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's coming in the direction of the town that you're supposed to stay at. Shoot! So that that's what I'll, I tell the group. I just point, you know, up and say, guys, what the hell? There is a smoke coming from the town that we're supposed to, to go. So should should we hurry? What do you guys think? I'll uh, kick my horse and like, yeah! And then, <laughs> and, like, taking off fast towards the... All right. Uh, MZ, make me a handle animal, because you're making your horse get up there. If anyone else wants to follow along, uh, do the same, but if you're keeping your horse at a trot, then it's, you don't need to make a check. Uh, I can't leave Ronnie. Yeah, I, there's no way I can, uh, <laughs> go fast. Ooh, I got Oh, 20. damn. Yeah, I mean, it's no. not natural 20, though. Not natural, not natural. Yeah, but that, that's a good one. Well, I got 10. Which is basically like me trotting like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, I'll try to catch up with MZ. Sure. Uh, 16. 16. And Ronnie, are you going to bother trying, or are you just going to kind of pick up the pace, but, you know, not a whole lot? <laughs> uh, no. No, I'm not confident enough in my So he's ride. like that guy who's like, when he's driving, just yeah, when he's driving a go-kart, he's like gripping the steering wheel like he's going to die. He's just like holding onto the reins because where he's from, they have cars, and that's what you ride. You ride in a goddamn car. <laughs> you get a robot to drive you in a taxi. Here he is sitting on a fucking horse. Well, they have taxis, and he doesn't. Yeah, he also doesn't know how to drive. And so you two take off, and you are leagues ahead. Bordon and Ronnie are trailing behind. See, it wouldn't be a session if we didn't split the party. <laughs> so as you two go up it, this takes you probably maybe about half an hour and you make it up there really quick those guys are trailing behind they're going to be probably another 10 or so minutes but coming closer you see what remains of a small village houses are burned out caved in completely toppled over you see horses and livestock alike are just slaughtered and left to rot there are broken carts, wagons, shoddy weapons just littered all about. You see there's a well that's sitting in the middle of this horrendous carnage. And as the wind picks up, you smell cooked and burned meat, which your mind can only imagine what it really is. But one key thing you notice is for a town that was destroyed like this, for the livestock that were just left dead, you only see one body. And that body is a man covered in many burns and cuts, who's sort of propped up at the well. I'll uh, sort of look at Opus, and I will dismount my horse. Yeah, I'll dismount as well, and um, I'll hold up my symbol of Kossif and, and try to detect good and evil. So you hold up your symbol and you concentrate hard on it and start looking around and you can't really pick up a whole lot, but you're picking up 
something a little weird from the well. Emsy, yeah, be careful of the well there. Something's not right. Does the ground tell a story of what happened here? Like, can can I look and see, like, uh, lots of horse prints came through here, or... Make me a survival. And Opus, make me a perception as well, since you have the scent ability. I got 24 altogether. Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> We're about to have a Lord of the Rings scene where Aragorn tells what happened to the hobbits. <laughs> As far as my perception, I got a three. So I'm. It just it smells horrendous for you particularly because you can smell so much better. It's yeah. overwhelming. Yikes! And so, MZ, you get off your horse and you start looking around after Opus warns you about the well, and it's almost like you're seeing uh, in your mind an illusion of what happened. There were many, many horses, but something doesn't quite add up with these horses. There's so many hoof prints that are so close together, but it looks like it's a single creature walking. So you're finding these creatures you're able to actually figure out have eight legs, but they're hoof prints. And there's a lot of them. And whatever they are, they're dragging these caravans along. You see there's heavy wagon tracks. Looks like they were carrying a lot of heavy goods and they obviously stopped in the center of this town for a while and then they picked up and left. And from when they stopped, it looks like they just decimated this small town. And you see there are drag marks of where bodies must have been dragged and hauled up into where these carts were parked. And any kind of loot that there might have been in these houses is long gone. So MZ, you're seeing all this and you're seeing just the decimation of this village you can almost see picture perfect of these creatures that came in and you see a lot of footprints everywhere so whatever was doing this they were humanoids wearing boots mm-hmm. i'll uh, i'll say to opus that to to look at these tracks and how close they are together that's not natural oh, okay directed to it do i recognize sort of a creature that leads these caravans yes you recognize it right away because you've seen these these caravans before you recognize it as the spider horses that they have they look like you have the body of a horse but they have eight spider-like legs that end in hoofs and whereas a horse's mouth you know how it opens instead the whole head opens sideways and there's fangs inside i will uh, relay some of these terrible terrible details to mc what oh and they all have eight eyes of course Do they like, like I don't know, spit web as well? You're not sure. How how far behind would they be compared to us? We can see them. You can see them. They're yeah, they're probably like five minutes away. Like they're coming up. Okay, maybe we should wait for them before we approach this person. Or what do you think? I look over at Opus again. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to have all of us together. So those two quickly, you know, they get there after a couple minutes. And I imagine you guys dismount your horse. Like, I imagine Ronnie doesn't want to be on it. Uh, have I actually caught up to them in this all this time? How far behind was I? They would have been there for like 10 or 15 minutes, and you guys were trailing behind. Okay. And Bordon said he was sticking with you to bring you up. Yeah. Just to be sure you wouldn't, you know, run away. Women smart. So you guys get there and dismount off your horses, and now you're standing there, and you see everything they see. Okay, so I'm quite impressed with all the damage. Yeah. And uh, do you guys have, like, any idea what happened here? I'll point out the tracks to Borodon and say that it looks like something came through here that's not natural. Opus knew what these creatures were. They were horses mixed with spider I don't know something unnatural right so do they throw web have you ever seen any of those I have seen them they're what leads the caravans but I've never antagonized one personally I'll point out that there is this person sort of propped up against the well and there's nobody else in town and Opus had a weird feeling 
about this guy. Wait, something's askew. Did you guys check if the guy's still alive? I mean, I know he's pretty bruised, but maybe he's still alive? Go see. Uh, okay. There's probably nobody here, so I, I go like... I walk there carefully, but not like in trying to be stealthy or anything. But I just get there carefully. So you get there, and the man's covered in burns, and there's cuts all over him. He weakly looks up at you, and you see his lips are chapped. There's a lot of scabs on him. This must have just happened the night before. And he weakly raises a hand towards you and says, Water. Okay, so I'll just give him some water. And also use cure light wounds. Like, is this guy... You know, like, beyond repair? No, he looks like he could be saved. Okay, so that's what I do. So you give him the water, and he drinks it very thirstily, and you're casting a spell, and you see some of his wounds begin to heal up. He's still burned. He's still hurt, but he looks no no longer on the doorstep of death. Mm-hmm. Oh, you adventurers. <clears throat> Where did you come from? Yeah, we, we're from Yudong. You need to get, you need to get help. The the caravan. There's these horrible things pulling their carts. There's winged black beasts with no faces. The gray-skinned people carrying us off. Uh, yeah, Opus probably visually shivers at that. So I'll just like help the guy. You know, I, like wait, <laughs> does the group come along with me or? No, or they we waiting do that. to see if the, the dwarf is going to be slaughtered. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I <laughs> I wouldn't expect that from MZ. MZ. But we are back at the horses, and you're the only one by this man. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we wouldn't make you do that. You guys killed my horse, and yeah, left off. Yeah. So I imagine, do you guys get closer <laughs> or like, I'm uh, sorry, that's ominous. Do you guys go up to board on or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would try to be somewhat close, sure. Sure. I wave like to the group, yeah, yeah, come on, come on here. Like the guy is still alive. So he sits up a little bit better and you, you have to understand, they came in and we were scared of course, but we offered them food and water if they would just leave us alone and it seemed okay and and then those god-awful horse-like things just started attacking and then they started cheering and watching us get slaughtered and we tried to run and they would harpoon us and drag us back and they left me and they took my family and you start seeing he's beginning to sweat profusely so I'll use medicine just to see if he's like poisoned. After all, it yeah. was like the spider horses, right? Sure. Roll a medicine. The way uh, everything else has gone so far, I'm just slowly gonna start having my swords come out of my hands. Thirteen. Your your swords slowly come out. And Opus, you see this? He he opens his hands, and these blades of blood slowly come out of his hands. Bordon, you see there, he's running a high fever. It's not poison, so you're not sure. And you look down and you see on his chest, because his shirt is completely destroyed, you see it looks like hands are pressing out of his chest. There's, there's something, there's something wrong. And these hands rip out of his chest and they're a two adult size claw hands and they pull open and this gray skinned version of himself just emerges incredibly quickly out of this man's chest it shouldn't have fit in there there's no way this could happen but this creature rips out and it stands there covered in his blood and that's where we're gonna call this Well, damn. I didn't think it would go down like that, but, like, oof. I guess that's just how it is on the open road. 
Remember, travelers, if you see someone laying there in a burned-down town and there's no bodies, but there's a clear sign of a lot of violence and there's just one of them leaning up against a well, probably a trap. Just... just leave it. Uh, you're not a bad person. You're just doing your thing. You're doing you, and... And you have this bardic seal of approval to do that. I mean, Ronnie didn't want to check it out. He was just like, whatever, I'm not going over there. But Borodon was just like, hey, let's do this. And you know how it goes. But anyways, that was that was quite the tale. And that was a lot of fun having our guest on from The Reforged. Stick around because we have a nice little promo from Westerns and Wagons. Where you get to hear that real good saloon style Dungeons and Dragons, whatever that is. And they're just really bringing it to you, that whole black and white feel. But travelers, I am running late for an appointment. So far so good, the Battle Bards interns did not kill each other. And uh, yeah, it looks like this new year is really starting to pull together. And I'm, I'm quite excited. We have a lot in the works. So if you ever want to give us a little bit of a, a boost or something, why don't you come say hello on the Twitter spheres? You'll find us at Ballad7Dice. And you can also just pop on over to the iTunes and leave us a review. And that would help us so much. Well, travelers, I must run. And I bid you adieu. Michael, move your shoes. This is a tale of four unlikely heroes. Sequel, she wanders the land, boasting that she never visits the same town twice. Josiah Black, he's rarely seen without a shovel, as though he likes to remind people what his job is and where they're headed. Deputy Sheriff, a black dragonborn who is on a quest of vengeance. Lakoa, the half-orc druid, she serves as the town's mystical consultant and healer. On a quest to find a blood-draining monster to save the town of the quiet. Along the way, they'll run into trouble such as the law, monsters, villains, and wild cards. Join Westerns and Wagons at high noon to follow along with their Wild West tale as they seek justice, righteousness, and adventure. You can find them wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.